Speaking of scary stuff, we just had Halloween. <laughs> yeah, dude, I have a very weird relationship with Halloween that I haven't told you, so I could tell you on camera. Shed Art Club. Hey, I was talking to somebody at your Halloween party and they had a problem that I know a lot of people have, which is they were talking about wanting to train to be more efficient on their handgun, but how expensive ammo is. So I told that person, and I'm glad to tell our audience about a sponsor of ours, Defiance Training Group. It's led by Clay Martin. He's a friend of mine. He is a Green Beret. And in this training, what you do is you basically start with the airsoft gun. And you use that as a supplemental training to actual live fire uh, handgun shooting. Uh, it's helped me out significantly. Um, I carry a Glock. They make Glock replicas of airsoft guns that are the same uh, size dimensions, almost the same weight. It's something that you can basically train in your garage. You can shoot hundreds of rounds of airsoft, and then you can supplement that on the weekends with live fire. So uh, please check out defiancetraininggroup.com. That's what I got for for an ad read. And Austin, I did want to say too. Pull out your Glock and (laughs) fire it into the camera. Yes, sir. Um, I did want to say before we before we get started today, I was thinking about this last night. um, That tell me your dreams. Well, here's the thing. I'm we're very aware that right now in the world it's kind of a scary place. There's always wars and rumors of wars. That's that's just been how it is historically. And we're not we're not two guys in Nebraska who are completely oblivious to this. Um, but for us and for you as an artist, if you're listening, you just have to stay in the pocket and you got to keep making art, do what you have to do to keep yourself safe and your family safe, but don't let that stop you from making art. Don't let the fears of this world prevent you from, from making whatever it is that you want to create. Um, you know, we're making this show and yeah, it's a little bit silly sometimes and this or that, but again, you just got to stay in the pocket we're aware that the world's scary, but hopefully, you know, when you watch or listen to this, um, you know, it can keep your mind off that for a little bit. So I thought that that was worth saying. Oh, wow. That was, um, was inspirational, Matt. Speaking of scary stuff, we just had Halloween. <laughs> yeah, dude, I have a very weird relationship with Halloween that I haven't told you so I could tell you on camera. Oh, really? You have a weird relationship with Halloween? Yeah, growing up, uh, we didn't celebrate it. Oh, good. I uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah, when I was, uh, my mom let me go out as Batman once when I was three, but it wasn't she, something that my dad was cool with. And to be honest, I, I'm all right with it. Like, I take my kids trick-or-treating, um, but my dad just had a conviction. He thought that it was, uh, uh, you know, a demonic holiday, and he didn't feel comfortable celebrating it. And I don't feel like I missed out on Halloween night. We would go to a movie or something like that as a family. Or you go to, like, eat Chinese like how people who don't celebrate Christmas. Yes, yeah, just like the, a Thanksgiving store. I've been I've been a to Christmas a Chinese store. restaurant on, on Christmas on Christmas before. Cuz I changed my diet and I went to my grandma's and everything was just slathered with cheese and dairy, <laughs> and dairy which which I mean I I love, but I was just tired of having stomach aches, so I called a Chinese place down the street. <laughs> and they were open and I ordered it. Was it in Wahoo? It no, it's in Omaha. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's uh like Dude, I said when I was a kid we didn't we didn't do it. Yeah, and to be honest, I just I mean, I do Halloween now because of peer pressure, really. Yeah. Because there's, you know, everybody celebrates it. But I mean, if there was um you know, my my son loves Halloween and there are things that I love about it, but then there's things that I hate about it too. Yes. You know, like I, you know, like I love stuff that's scary and creepy yeah right but not like overtly evil evil you know what i mean like i don't know what the thing like if you have like dead babies and dead baby dolls everywhere in your front lawn i mean you're like i see that i'm like that a psychopath lives there yeah i could i could definitely see that Um, i mean don't you know yeah, com- yeah, completely. Because uh, I mean, as somebody, as somebody with a with a newborn, um, and you just realize how 
precious and innocent and um you know helpless they are yeah and uh yeah for people to yeah i i completely get i saw something this weekend where yeah they're trying to use like baby doll heads as props and i thought like that's yeah. not really actually we were I've at the same s- thing did you see that at yeah the, dude but i've been yeah. seeing it like the last few years all over the place like everybody's getting in on the dead baby doll trend i think it's kind of a thing with like scary movies where we've talked even about it a little bit with david gunn about where you keep trying to just one-up things and you try yeah. to make things more gross and i mean i feel like that was already done in the 80s. So if you're still to this day trying to just... Uh, I was talking to the young man that we know who loves horror movies. and I talked to him about that. I said, when you just are trying to make things more gross, it's not as if I can't handle it. Dude, I've been on a volunteer fire department. I've seen people die. I've seen bones through skin and shit. I've, I've seen stuff. It's not that I can't handle it. It's just... It's kind of like watching... Um, where you see pop stars trying to basically outdo Madonna. And it's like, didn't we already kind of do this with Madonna and Marilyn Manson? Are we still trying to do, <laughs> you know, we're still trying to one up this stuff. Well, yeah. Well, dude, now look at rappers. Yeah. Yeah. It's I w- mean, they're, um, it's a long way from, from NWA and death row. You uh, know, now, now if you want to be a rapper, you, you have to wear a crop top and women's panties. I thought you were going to say it's a long way from like, this here's a tale for all the fellas trying to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was first that. I love that, you know, you know, that... Ram- that yep. funky uh, cold blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my buddy, when my buddy JP, he was like, he's like, dude, it won't be long before people just start uh, using human cadavers in their front yard for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I could see, like, I I could see that. Like, when we were out trick-or-treating and just seeing some of the stuff and he's you know he's a bigger i mean he's super into halloween he's got the he's done a haunted garage and stuff like that but he even sees it i don't i don't know how i feel about the churches getting in on it like churches like trunk or treat and then what is it with like every church like they they let the one person set up the booth or the trunk that's like where they're like a witch or a fortune teller. Yeah, that I'm gonna I'm gonna pour gasoline all I'm gonna flip that table like Jesus did when he goes into the you know, he's like, right, yeah, and he's just in the temple. Yes. He's like this is yeah, that's what I wanna do. I wanna go up to this fortune teller ladies thing in the middle of a church and just flip the table. Because here's the thing is if they think that they're like recruiting non-believers into that, non-believers know like they, when they see that, they just think like, well, that's not Christian. And to them, it's, they just, know. They, it's just another mark of Christian hypocrisy. Oh. It's not a mark of like, hey, you guys are cool. So I think that the, I would ex if I was the pastor of the, any of those churches, I would excommunicate. I'd be like, you were, were banned until you repent. What do you think about? Because there's a, sometimes um, Christians can do this thing where they make where they're like, there's pagan roots of Christmas and Halloween and all these things. And a lot of these, I mean, wasn't Halloween All Hallowtide, which was, or All Saints Day, which was basically, you know, a, a day of remembrance of saints or, you know, loved ones who have passed away. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. I think my understanding is the trick-or-treating going door-to-door started from uh, where, where poor, it was a day where poor people could basically go door-to-door and ask for food. And so oh. I've heard that, you know, it had some that's, origins that's what in we that. should have been doing. Yeah. I should have been going up and be like, do you have any soup? Do you have potatoes or something? Uh, <laughs> I don't think that there's, you know, some of these origins I don't think are bad. And, and the, the Christmas, the pagan roots of Christmas, that stuff does get a little bit carried away because you can also find uh, truly Christian origin, origins and all that in, in the Christmas tree and this or that. Um, so there is a little bit of revisionist history, and I think it quickly bleeds into this legalistic thing where you can say, like, I'm more holy or better than you because I don't celebrate Halloween or oh, yeah, I don't celebrate a- Christmas. I'm, as a kid, dude, like I never felt points. like that. Yeah, I never, I just never felt as a kid like a pull to, I wasn't really, really into it. And, and it's fun, like, my kids were Mario and Luigi for Halloween they this were, year. They were, dude, your kid was... Uh- <laughs> Wait, your kid was so cute that when he saw my son, he was Mario, and he pulls off his mustache, and he goes, hi, Elijah, it's me. He thought that the mustache concealed his identity, dude, like, I, like Clark Kent in his glasses. I know, dude. I, I love it. It was the greatest thing ever. 
<sighs> but you weren't there to see it. I wasn't there. You but... were you were practicing your nunchucks in your garage. Because <laughs> yeah. I asked your wife, I said, where where is Matt? And she goes, he's... I'm married to a 14-year-old, and he's in his garage practicing his nunchucks. Yeah, that's exactly. I was at a black belt uh, pre-promotion where I had to use nunchucks. Am um, I saying it wrong? So it's not numb? It's none? It's not. Yeah, I guess nunchucks. We used to call them swing sticks. When I was growing swing up. Sticks? When I was growing up in martial arts, we called them swing sticks. And then I started hearing people say nunchucks at the black belt promotion. So, I mean, just to detour Dude, for swing it. sticks is the best name for that I've ever even heard. Oh, are we called Bow Staff, Long Staff? You better watch out or I'm going to beat the shit out of you with my swing sticks. <laughs> we call it Sword, Sword, you know. So sword, Sword? Yeah, we just call it a Sword, a Sword. A oh. Bow Staff, a Long Staff. Oh, I thought you were saying no. you call a Sword, a Sword, Sword. No, but that'd be cool. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I wasn't at that trunk or treat because I was at a pre-promotion for uh, to get my adult black belt. But uh, So, yeah, my wife is married to a 14-year-old boy. I didn't even know that you were like that, like you had gotten a black yeah, well, and when, when you were a kid, and then that you were working to it, I thought that you always, when you were like, "I'm going to uh, jujitsu," I thought that you were just going to exercise. Yeah, do you? I mean, I guess a quick detour. I grew up uh, RWTB Rosenbach Warrior Training Branch. They teach mixed martial arts, and then he has classes where they teach Hapkido, um, Krav Maga, Jujitsu. Yeah, uh, they used to teach, uh, they used to do ninjutsu on its own thing. And I had gotten a black belt in mixed martial arts when I was 12. Um, went to it until I was 15 or 16. Stopped going for about 10 years. Picked it back up. But I made, I just Was go it like the, riding a bike? Um, well, I, I always stayed on top of the moves. I could always do a 360 roundhouse and some of the com, complex things. So I was able to pick you, back can up. Can you still do a 360 roundhouse? Oh, yeah. I don't, there's, I can't do it right now at the camera in the room, but I can no, definitely do it. you can definitely do it in the parking lot when this episode is over. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I can do it in the hallway. <laughs> Why aren't you doing that all the time? I would be, <laughs> I would be opening my like microwave or shutting my microwave by doing a full 360 kick. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, my, use these powers more, bro. My, my instructor, uh, you know, he's in his seventies and I, I just had this thought where I was like, you know, who's to say he doesn't retire something tomorrow. And I was like, I just want to get my adult black belt while he's still teaching him. I, since I can still do everything, I was like, can I, can I promote for my black belt this year? And he said, yeah. So, but part of that requirement is you have to do a sword form, nunchuck form and a bow staff form, which is basically like a, a, a set of, of pre strikes and movements and things like that that you have to do to show competency with the weapon and so I've been having to go out in my garage with these nunchucks and sword and bow staff to kind of re-remember the form and um, felt a little bit ridiculous with it. But um, it is there are some kids who do some insanely impressive stuff with those weapons. It is cool to watch. But Yeah, yeah. I think swing sticks would be, I'd want to learn that. Can you imagine killing somebody with a nunchuck? Yeah. I, I wonder when, I don't really know the history of, of nunchucks, but I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, I wonder when the last time is someone's been beat to death with <laughs> nunchucks. Well, dude, you know, um, the show Warrior on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, it's a great show. It's basically like, right, it takes place in the period right after the Civil War in San Francisco with Chinatown and like the Irish and stuff and the main character, um, the Chinese dude, like that's his, his speciality. So he pulls out. And yeah. And he has a couple of times where he just pulls them out. So I know like, you know, since I've seen that, I'm probably pretty good. Nice. Yeah. I would say so. You're probably an expert on it. after just watching the show, so, but so you kill someone. Well, you could probably like choke him out and then you pull the sticks Oh, dude. And then, then you go like that, and their, and their head shoots off. The, they hurt really bad to get, when you get choked, to get choked by those, they hurt really bad because they pinch. Yeah. The, like the wood and, and, the, and the rope, it, just, it does hurt really bad. But So are you, you, you're not using ones with chains? Um, I actually do. That's my favorite one. I have these, these kind of plastic ones they don't make anymore, and my instructor gave them to me when I was like 12. And they're still my favorite to use, but I do have a, a, a wooden pair that are heavy. Like if you hit somebody in the head with it, you could definitely kill somebody with these. And, um, and there's what that. What kind of wood is it made out of? Oh, dude, it's like oak. It's, it's heavy. They're, they're heavy. Um, but they typically when you start, they have foam ones and that's kind of what you start with. And then they have, um, 
these uh, real thin, I don't know what kind of wood it is, but they're very thin and they have a chain on them. Um, that's what I used for the, for the pre-promotion. So, so do you have, do you know how to use a bow staff? Oh yeah. Yeah. But not as good. I mean, there's again, there, some of the stuff that I see the kids doing now that are going for their black belt, they can throw it up in the air and catch it and spin it behind their back. Yeah. But they do that in that dance thing in high school. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> with the baton? Yeah. With the, you with just, the baton. Yeah. It's just like a, a, a big baton basically. That, that you just, uh, but like, what's the most lethal out of all the Ninja Turtle weapons? Well, probably the, the sword. No, Raphael's. The size? The size. Because uh, it's got three. I mean, I don't know. I think getting stabbed with one of those, like the sword, obviously, that would hurt. But I don't know. Just being like. <laughs> the sword would hurt. <laughs> yeah, dude. Or um, like kill you. But I don't know. But yeah. sword beats the size. Oh, but, I but think. But the size are the coolest, right? Yeah, I, for like if we're looking at it visually, I'll, I'll dude, I'll say this for aesthetics. When I watch shows on like Discovery or History Channel where they bring in like a, a weapons expert and it's some like dorky martial artist guy, I as a martial artist, I always am like, what a fucking dork, <laughs> you know? Like I never am like that guy's awesome. I think in the in the seventies and eighties there was uh, with like the ninja craze. A lot of people had built up a lot of these different martial arts, and I think the UFC really helped tear a lot of those bullshit arts down, which I'm thankful for. You know, like I'll be honest, last night in sparring, dude, I got in in my jujitsu class. We did um, it's it's a jujitsu class, but we also do a lot of upright stuff. And um, the the guy that teaches it, he's a, he was a cage fight. He fought a couple times in the cage, and some of the guys in the class uh, they they've fought in the cage as well, and. Um, sparring is the most it's it's so humbling as a man when you realize that maybe i'm not as effective you know in a street because there's so much coordination and timing and it's actually kind of hard to punch somebody in the face with like a good punch when they're moving and moving their head and things like that it's not like a it's not like a steven seagal movie where yeah <laughs> dude that's actually that's what uh houston alexander was telling me because he's, oh really yeah because he we need to get him on the show still. Yeah, he bare, you know, he does bare, uh, bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, now, and he's like fifty two, but he's like, he's like, these guys don't know how to fight. He said that's, you know, he was telling me it was all about timing and, and you know, missing the the punches basically. When I started, I'm like, doesn't it hurt, you know, to get punched in the face like that? I mean, these are big dudes. It's like, I ain't getting punched in the face. <laughs> yeah when i started going back and and training with these guys who who have been training for years and they're all like oh i don't want to get in a street fight i thought like come on dude yeah you do you're 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 trained you know you know what you're doing but i get it now i get it at there is i was sparring my instructor once and he's got this big beard he looks like a bear and while i was sparring him i thought i don't i actually don't want to get into a street fight now like now i get it <laughs> yeah with you that just, guy oh with just in general you, you really don't know people say that all the time in class like you don't know there's so many people who are training now and, and training has gotten so much better oh yeah you don't know who you're but i'll see this dude i'll see dudes in their 50s or 60s or whatever who train in the bullshit arts and they walk around with this like false confidence that they're just gonna that they can just whoop somebody's ass. i heard this there's a dude that showed up to our to our uh, to our school, and this guy was a dork, and he was naming off all these art forms I'd never heard of. And he's like, "After training in violence for so many years, now I have to train to for peace." And I just thought, "You're a fucking idiot! Like, you should just <laughs> you should come in and spar us, and and let's <laughs> let's find out." Like, it's so wait, wait, <laughs> how, do, how does one train for peace? He was talking about how now he needs to learn how to use his words for de-escalation. And it's like, okay, what, man. Before he just punched people? I yeah. don't know. We can see how that can go wrong. Just watch the beginning of Con Air. Ruined his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> oh, Nick, Nick Cage's life in that movie. Are some of like the joint locks and things like that. I mean, th th those do have their use. But if you think that like in a street fight, if you think you're going to, you know, catch a punch and wrap someone's wrist up dude i just don't i don't see that as a possibility now if you i i'd heard a story of a guy who i do respect who's a martial artist who he went into a he was walking into a pizza place and some guy had kind of grabbed him and he just when the guy had grabbed him he just grabbed his wrist real quick and had bent it and was like are we cool and the guy's like yeah we're cool and he just let him go now that that's kind of where it's where i could see it like where a, a wrist lock a joint lock does have its purpose but 
sometimes you see people training where it's like they're going to catch a punch and do all this stuff and it's like you ain't catching you're not going to catch a punch i'm doing anything dude there's a there's a comedian that you would know i won't mention his his name maybe if we have him on one day but well i'll ask him about his uh martial arts days but you would never know that he was a black belt and i don't you know he doesn't train anymore yeah he's probably um you know, my age or a little bit older. So, but he was telling me this one time in this bar, cause like everybody, he was kind of a dork in high school. Yeah. And, um, he ended up, uh, just beating the hell out of a football player. Nice. I'm just gonna, I love this story, dude. And I'm going to tell it, I'm going to tell it about, cause Pete Lee will never, he'll never share it. About is that who himself. it is? Yeah. So <laughs> Pete, <laughs> Pete Lee in high school, he told me that a football player, he was talking to this girl, and a football player came up to him and shoved him into the lockers. Yeah. And he started crying because he was just shocked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like horribly embarrassed. Yeah. But he was also a black belt in martial arts of some sort, like karate, I don't remember. And, but so he was also the kind of kid where he was like the uh, principal's assistant. Oh, wow. So, like, doing paperwork <laughs> and stuff like that. So, he was all upset and then had to meet with the principal to do his, you know, extracurricular stuff. And um, after the kid pushed him, the dude's like, I will see you after school. Like, the classic yeah, yeah. deal. So, um, he was all nervous all day. And the principal's like, what's going on? And he told him what happened and said that he's going to fight him. And he goes, listen, he's like, he knew that he trained because he would have to go to practice and stuff like that he goes just go fight him we'll be right by you know we're gonna stand out and then you know just um we'll, we'll give you a few minutes wow yeah to put him in his place so shout out to that principal yeah dude this is the 90s this is how before before everything um i don't know before kids turns into cats yeah so um he goes to fight this kid and he said like literally in one minute he broke the dude's wrist, ribs, and knee. Good, yeah, good for and, him. And I might be like, <laughs> and I might even be missing a few bones or like replacing it because it's been like you know over ten years since I heard this story. But then the principal started yelling, "Stop, <laughs> stop!" or whatever. And this dude was his entire football career was done. He had to be, you know, he was in a cast. His, his knee was broken everything and then he saw him at school like a few weeks later and they passing him in the hallway he said he just waved at him yeah you know because he's also hilarious and then he uh he said that like um these dudes started shit with him one time in a bathroom and the dude like grabbed his shirt so he just took his wrists and went like that and just broke both of his wrists yeah i can see that. and then yeah. dude yeah so that's a cool move and then <laughs> um and i know this for sure because uh, man, we were probably in our 20s and there was this club in Springfield, Missouri where I was featuring for him. And then I knew a kid, Pat, who I became friends with in California when I lived out there. He was from Springfield and he moved back. Mm -hmm. So him and his buddies, they come to the show and then afterwards we go to their apartment loft and Pete's out on the staircase, like fire exit, and talking on the phone to, I believe, his girlfriend, at the time and this dude that was friends with pat you know he's just one of those guys that wanted a fight mm -hmm. you know just looking for a fight at yeah. that age and so he goes out and he starts talking shit to pete and he's like in his face or whatever you know just trying to get him to react and pete just puts down like the phone and covers it up and he's like if you don't get out of here it's like i'm gonna break your fucking wrist and throw you off of this fire escape <laughs> And just stares at him, and the kid's like, whatever, whatever, <laughs> dude. And then laughed. <laughs> I just, Damn, it was yeah. so awesome, man. Oh, there but you that's go. Like you don't know who's, like, yeah. But that is the perfect illustration of you don't know who's training. Like, you don't know who you're, you're messing with. Yeah. You don't know what that person, and even if that person isn't someone who trains in martial arts, you just don't know if the dude's a psychopath. Yeah. Maybe he's willing to eat your esophagus. Yeah, uh, there used to be this uh, thing on YouTube called like felony fights, and um, these kids were showing it to me once when I was in high school, and it was kind of disturbing because they had brought in this dude out of prison, and he was trying to fight like a eighteen year. They would just film fights, and uh, 
he and this dude is probably like 18 started a fight and uh, the kid fell backwards and this fell and got on top of him and started to bite his cheek and dude the screams at the high school or he was in high school but probably fresh out of high school the screams that that dude was making were disturbing and it's like right there this kid just signed up like oh this is cool i'll be on felony fights fighting against like you just said a psychopath you know yeah not, he's eating his cheeks yeah not even My probably too a, chubby for that probably you not even really, a trained fighter really but dude him. you don't want to get someone like that on top of you you know what i mean who's willing who's gonna bite you and, and things oh, yeah. like that and i dude i always hear that from people like you know you don't know my mindset bro you know i'll bite i'll do this or i'll do that and it's like Okay, I'll but bite dicks off. <laughs> yeah, okay, but again, like if you don't have the the coordination and you, and if you're gonna fight again, if you're gonna fight somebody who won't even get an adrenaline dump fighting you, that's you're Dude, already. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It's about like the people that can just remain 100 percent calm without their heart rate raising whatsoever. Yeah, like you, that if, are gonna destroy you. You're gonna be at a disadvantage regardless if you're fighting somebody who isn't getting worked up and can think through actually David Gunn talks about it in his book. I mean, David Gunn grew up, I mean, David Gunn is a martial artist. I mean, he's a big dude. Um, you know, he does jujitsu. He's trained a lot and he's been in a lot of street fights. And he talked about that in his book that when it got to the point where you, you started to be able to see a punch coming because you weren't in that over, you know, stimulated adrenaline. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. Adrenaline and when you're fighting someone like that, who you're already at, at a disadvantage, you know, somebody who's that comfortable with violence. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's wild stuff, but, uh, but yeah, so I wasn't at that trunk or treat, you know, I was doing some martial arts stuff, but I don't know. It, it is weird too. When you, do you ever feel like with your son convicted where you may go to something and it's, it's just kind of like, evil or scary or whatever and you're just thinking like is this something i should really be like showing my kid or whatever do you ever have you ever felt like that um well like we avoid have avoided those places with him but if we end up somewhere where it is and he's kind of been um i mean he's more sensitive to that stuff i think just naturally like he he wants things to be scary but not too scary like he made a haunted forest but like he just likes, but it is a like fun haunted de- forest. Yeah, yeah, like a fun haunted forest that yeah. that kids would like. So, but I mean, I'll just flat out say, I'm like, no, that's too evil. Yeah, like that that, that is insane. Like these people, <laughs> like why would you do that? You know? Yeah. Um, but that uh, yeah, it's just a weird holiday, man. It's weird that we celebrate death. Well, it's like I, in our subconscious because like we all like everybody wants to um, distract themselves from the fact that one day they're going to die. Mm-hmm. And then once a year, like all we do is celebrate death. Well, I don't think people look at it like that, though. I mean, I think a, but that's what it is, though, because they're all skeletons. Everything's dead. Yeah, I think a lot of parents start off of like, oh, it's cool, it's cute, you know, to dress your kid up. But then sometimes you see little kids wearing stuff that's just completely evil. Like Dude. you'll see a seven-year-old in like this in the ghost face costume, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, well, like my my buddy that we went trick or treating with, his son's like nine, and he had like a pig mask, and then he gave him a chainsaw without the chain, and like a butcher's jacket. So mm-hmm. he's he's revving up the chainsaw like scaring people and he did that right when we were finishing up my buddy was already inside the house and his son fires up the chainsaw and this little girl starts crying and the dad has to pick him up (laughs) pick her up and he goes i think he thought that it was my kid because i was the only adult around but Uh he they were they were he was in front of me quite a ways and so when I was walking by, he goes, don't worry, honey, that kid's just a dick. <laughs> and I'm laughing and I, I go inside. And I'm like, yo, dude, this guy just called your kid a dick. And he gets all pissed off and then, go, and then goes outside. Like, who was it that said it? You know what I mean? And he would have said something to him. And I go, dude, listen, your son just scared his daughter with a chainsaw. Yeah. She's crying. Now you're not going to go get in a fight with the dad in front of his crying daughter. I'm like, let it rest, bro. Yeah, yeah. Let it rest. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Still laughing about that. Yeah, uh, and I was thinking, too, one, one year, um, 
my when my oldest son was like two, he wanted to be a skeleton for Halloween, and we let him because he would he couldn't say skeleton, he'd say gigiton. Yeah, and so we're the like skeletons are cool. They're in, that's inside our. We were like, what do you want to be for Halloween? And thinking he'll say like Batman, and he's like gigiton is how he would say it, and he kept saying it like that, and we're like. Dude, it's hilarious because he keeps saying Gigiton. And for him, I don't think it was like an evil thing. I think he just thought like Skeletons look cool. Gigitons look cool, yeah. So we let him Gigitons. be the we let him be the Gigiton. Um but yeah. Sounds man, like a character in Lord of the Rings. There's definitely stuff where I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about certain things. Cause yeah, I don't think that some of the stuff is just like overtly evil and you know, trying to balance it out as a Christian. But again, you know, I don't think a lot of people are just it's a it's a it's a tradition. You know, in America, we just do it different probably than a lot of countries. I don't know. Well, I mean, but it's really hardcore in Mexico. The Day of the Dead is pretty spooky. Well, yeah, I mean, they build like altars. Yeah, I think it's, uh, or do you ever read about like, I think it was. The, They've taken the Catholic religion and then turned it into, or, or <laughs> taken it to a whole nother level. Uh, I think it was like the Incans or the Mayans, but I think it was the Eek. Incans where they would take, you know, like uh, dead chiefs or priests or whatever, and they would have their day where they would parade them around town like their corpses. Their corpses? Oh, yeah. Dude, that's why I guess my buddy was right. It won't be long before we're using cadavers. Nah, it, it won't be. I, I Dude, <laughs> think about this. Where's Charles? Go get his a, corpse. Uh, think Follow about me. this, though. Like, um, as we see in history, you know, so many societies do this, do weird things, and they all continue to, to seemingly do it after a certain point. And, and every society tells themselves like, well, we're modern, we're a modern society, but yeah. I don't think, I think it's definitely possible for, you know, in our lifetime, if things keep getting wild to see people, uh, you know, digging up the dead or, or like that one Roman emperor general that David was talking about in our Rome episode, uh, who wanted to be cremated because he knew that people would mess with his body after a certain point. You yeah. know, and we, we, as, as a country, not even to be political or whatever, but as we tear down statues, it's like, well, how long is it until they start until the statues aren't enough, all the statues are gone and then they're going to go to the graves, you know? Yeah. And put them in like, like a freezing container. <laughs> now yeah. we have like kind of, we have like the technology to really preserve some dead bodies and put them on display. But I could easily see people digging up, you know, generals from the civil war and messing with their bodies and things like that. I mean, we can't be that far off from that. Yeah, it's it's entirely possible. I mean, I always celebrate on Halloween myself, just personally, um, Reformation Day, when Martin Luther went and nailed ninety five theses on the Wittenberg door. Yeah, dude, I, and I was I, like, <laughs> boom, and then uh, then didn't realize he just wanted things to change in the Catholic Church, and he didn't realize that he just went to war with it. Yeah, it's what's funny is all these smart ass Catholics who are now so you're like, oh, what he did was evil. Look at all this because now there's who says that? Oh, dude, smart ass smart ass Catholics are all over the place talking about how what he did was evil because now look at the church or whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, there are some people who call themselves Christians or call themselves uh, pastors who are doing disgusting evil things oh yeah but guess what at the time the catholic church was doing evil crap and also if you talk to dude around that time the pope would have little boys jump out of birthday cakes at their parties seriously yeah it doesn't Look surprise it me yeah there's there's books on uh, all of the different evil popes but yeah you'll hear these catholics talk about how well the thing about the catholic church is it's actually closest to the to the early church and yada 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 but then you'll start being like Oh yeah, cool. Uh, talk to me about the Pope right now. What do you think about him? And they always are, um, and trying to do these mental gymnastics to get around uh, the fact that uh, re you know traditional Catholics, for the most part, from what I can tell, do not appreciate what this Pope is doing, and they're trying to make up excuses for him. And it's like, so you think this guy is a uh, is directly communicating to God, huh? <laughs> Dude, I have. Nothing nice to say. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just not gonna. Oh man, I don't have. I don't have uh, yeah, it's 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 absurd. What do you think? Um, you know, I've talked about it before because I've thought it was interesting when I wrote my book and then hopefully the film that you know you and I are hoping to make uh, next year about making horror, but that it's actually Christian. You know, and I think it's. I like to think of things like that as a mental exercise, really. You know, um, can horror ever be Christian? And I don't know if you can ever really <clears throat> evil for the sake of evil or trying to scare somebody for the sake of scaring them. I don't, I don't know if there's 
a way to to fit Christianity in that. But I do think that you can tell the truth about. Like I, I listened to a kind of a sermon thing that Doctor or uh, that Walter Martin did on The Exorcist, and um, I agreed with all of his takes, obviously. Um, but he had some good points where he's like, yeah, the, the exorcist does show, you know, how sick and deprived, you know, Satan and demons are. And it's how it's not a cool thing. Now, the problem where the movie and the book goes sideways is they basically put the the demonic realm above Jesus as if as if Jesus and God are, are somehow struggling to figure out how to counterbalance the devil. <coughs> you, you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they gave too much power to to the demonic stuff in those movies, but, um, I was, that was one movie I remember in high school with like a party, you know, with a bunch of us friends and it was around October. We were going to watch that. And I just was not a fan. I was like, I do not want to want like, I'm a fan, like her, like crawling <laughs> up, like puke. Like I'm like, yeah. ah, not, not my style. I do. I do appreciate. I, I do like it for some of the reasons why Dr. Walter Martin said, and I, and I don't know if I'd go around like recommending it to people, but I liked the book a lot. I, I absolutely hated the ending. I'd, um, but um, the book was almost more of like a detective book on this priest who basically is kind of losing his faith. And he comes across this case of demonic possession. And, and a lot of the book is like him, him investigating it. And he talks about real, you know, cases in the world of, uh, you know, demonic influence <clears throat> where people died um, or where things were just crazy. And um, so, so the book was almost more of like a detective novel, but again, just kind of like the movie, you know, hate the ending. Um, I think it's crazy how uh, there's a book by Erwin Lutzer called God's devil. And he kind of points out how like in Job where Satan has to come to God before he can touch Job or do anything to Job. You know, he has to ask God for permission for all of it. And Erwin Lutzer points out, he's like, Satan is still a servant of God. You know, he's not, it's not as if God is sitting across from Satan in some chess match trying to figure out his next move and like, oh no, now he did this. What am I going to do? Like, no, Satan is like, God is so powerful that even Satan is still a servant of his, you know, and so much of what we believe of, of the devil we got from books like Paradise Lost or Dante's Inferno, like these fictional books are what people just because of, of them being in culture are what people actually think that hell or Satan are like, and it's not biblical at all, you know? Oh yeah, dude. They, you know, I mean, I remember it's being, uh, in my twenties and meeting people that would be like, Hey, no man, hell, hell is the devil runs hell. It's going to be a party. Like we're so gonna go stupid. down there, and I'm like, are you are you being for real? Like you that, that that's what you think? They're like, yeah, it's little Nikki, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know if I've ever told you what my take on hell is. You want to hear what my take is? All right, yeah. <sighs> okay, so while we're on Earth, no matter how depraved it gets, and there's been horrible, horrible things that have happened on Earth and will continue to happen, but no matter how depraved it is. God's spirit, even if it's just a little bit, God's spirit is still there. We're not as completely depraved as as we could be. Yeah, because of the the grace of God. So what I look at hell as is I actually look at hell as God giving you what you want. So basically you go your your life on earth and you don't want anything to do with God. And when you die, it's like, well, hey, if you go to heaven where God is at, you're going you're immersed in it. And the Christians want that and, and that's what we crave is to be around God and his presence. But if you don't want anything Crave to do to with sinless. God, yeah, and, and if you don't want that, God's saying, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. You don't want to be around me? That's fine. And I, hell is a spiritual separation from God, and it's going to be your first encounter where you're completely removed from his spirit. And, and his line. And also, if you look at what the Bible, there's the story of uh, Lazarus and the, and, the rich, and the rich man, where the rich man treats him like crap, and then when that guy dies and he's in hell— in hell, he has the same attitude as he did on earth where he says, why don't you, you know, dip your finger in some water to cool off my tongue? And so he's still treating Lazarus uh, the same as he did while he's on earth. And so that leads me to believe that people in hell are not going to be like, oh, if only I had one more chance. And if only I... people are in hell are still going to be yeah. denying God's existence, I think. I think that they're going to completely be denying God's existence and lashing out at God that they hate him. I think that that's... I think that that's how people in hell will be. Yeah, I agree with that because then in that story too, um, he tells 
Moses. Is it Moses or in that story? Yeah. I'm blanking, but yeah, keep going. Okay. Uh, Maybe it's Moses. It's someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, all that matters. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I blanked on the name as well, so I'm, yeah, forgetting, so, I'm forgetting the mediator in, in, but in the, it. But yeah. the main point of the story is he tells the rich guys, like, go, you know, like, appear to my... Um, my my family members and warn them of this horrible place in which I am. And the, the they're like, no. And it might have been an angel. It'd be like, you know, you had Moses, you had the prophets. Yes. Maybe that's why I'm getting it confused. And he goes, and if they're not going to listen to them, they're they're not going to listen, period. There's nothing that can be said to them. Yeah, same thing nowadays. It's like, oh, we need Jesus to say this or that. And it's like, it, Jesus would say, I already gave you my word. You know, you have the Bible. I, I gave you... I gave you my word. Um, you have this, you know, I, I honestly believe that if God literally, and I completely believe this, if God peeled back the sky and leaned in and said, Hey everybody, I'm God. I just want you to know that I exist and close the sky that people would still be like, well, that was global warming. That was weird. You know, like yeah. literally that's what people would no, do. They'd be like, is he gone? Can we get back to our orgy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Completely, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So, Dude, there's some douchebag in Omaha, one hundred and thirty second and center, that says that he's Jesus Christ and Buddha all in one, and has a storefront. Uh, you know, like Jesus Christ Soul Therapy, and you go in there, and he's like, "I am Jesus and Buddha all in one." Um, there is a guy that showed up to our <laughs> storefront. <sighs> there is a guy that showed up to our church, and he was like. Uh, you know, God sent me here. And then he starts like uh, reading off the Bible, like this whole judgment of, I forget what book he started reading, but it was a, a book where uh, the city was in judgment and maybe it's Nineveh. I can't remember. But anyway, he goes, he goes into our church beforehand and, and he starts talking to our pastor. And at first he's kind of cool. He was like a, a traveling, he said he's like a traveling pastor or something like that. Now, of course he's a traveling pastor who has no ties to a church. So right there's a red flag, right? And um, like, oh, okay, cool. And as we're sitting there, he starts to like read off these verses in the Bible about judgment and condemnation and stuff. And our pastor's like, yeah, you got to go. And the guy's like, well, I'm, I'm doing what God said. And he's like, you're not doing what God said. You're doing what your ego is saying. And people like that piss me off so bad because I, I believe that and where it talks in the Bible about the death penalty being taking the Lord's name in vain, I don't think that that's necessarily someone saying, gee, damn it, although it could be. But I think that what that is truly of taking the Lord's name in vain is to go up to somebody and say, hey, God told me to do this or that, or, you know, to try to manipulate yeah, somebody. Yeah, that is. That's what, that's what Martin Luther said it was. And so with is, that is guy. taking his name in vain by uh, using him for, you know, worldly gain oh, or for any purpose whatsoever people like not that when guy, you hit your hand with a hammer yeah and you're like god damn it yeah yeah it's like that guy pissed me off so bad i i like completely, did you want to do like a 360 i wanted to beat his ass dude and i wanted to say like you know if god sent you here you're gonna need god to get out because we're gonna find out really if See, god sent you here that's like, that's you wrestling with your Oh, your sinful nature. But a part of me is like, though, your old Adam. But look at it, it is because that is like a violent tendency that I don't think is good. But a part of me is also like, isn't that kind of biblical, though? Like, you're like don't it, you think that people you want to be a you want to be a son of thunder? You think if somebody like, cast down fire and brimstone, Lord, let me let me ask you this for <laughs> real, though. And I'm not saying that I have the right answer here. What I'm saying is right. But this is how I feel about it. Is it don't you feel like if someone is like lying about having uh like i talked to god directly or you know god sent me to do this or that and, Nothing and, it's, and, it's, me off more. and it's obviously a complete lie or it's unbiblical or whatever don't you think that person needs to get their ass beat fills me with rage bro <laughs> i think that's why both the the sons of thunder yeah in the scripture where they're like you know rain down fire yeah yeah and i want to we're both gonna sit at your your left and your right right lord and he's like you don't even know what you're asking for shut up because there's like one part of you that wants to have patience with people like that and just like yeah talk them is, through it but then the other part of it is like christ that's your that's your new nature you know that's, yeah that's the the spirit of god and then but you're always going to wrestle with your your old adam you know so it's yeah constant battle between you know sinner and saint within you every day yeah with every decision like you in make, Romans really. Seven, when Paul says, you know, like, um, I do the things that I hate that I don't want to do. Yeah, 
Yes. To, you know, I've talked but to, you almost took it there. You almost roundhouse kicked. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I've talked to many people who say like, well, I don't think I could be a Christian because I sin too much. And it's like, oh, trust me. You wait. You think you sin a lot now. Wait till you've been a Christian for 10 years and you really start to analyze yeah, your bro, behavior. Then, then because <laughs> once you realize what the law is, like, what does a kid do? You tell a kid that they can't do something like you're not allowed to eat cookies. And then when you fall asleep, they're eating cookies and mm-hmm. hiding the wrappers under their bed. And, <laughs> you know, it's the same way. It'd be like, thou shall not covet, you know, and then you're like, oh, you know, but I really want that. Like it awakens something in you. Or you find or you start to realize how many parts of your life are like, man, one thing I've I've like realized is how um, my intentions can never be pure. No matter what, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm helping somebody, there's no, always, always in the back of your head. You, you're like, you're going to get this for this. Yeah. Like, I hope somebody drives by and sees me helping this old lady, you know, yeah, like there's always that, but it, you just have to kind of, like, I've just had to come to grips with it because it, it's made me want to stop. Like there's been certain things where I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to do this because it's not pure of heart for me to help this person. I'm just doing it for my ego. And then I'm like, you know what? You're still helping the person do it. And you just have to put the douchebag thoughts about how cool you're going to look in the back of your mind and just try to help people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta tell yourself like, shut up douchebag. Yeah. So that's why Paul says, you know, he, he'd been a Christian for a bit and he was like, I'm the biggest sinner out of all of them. Now I don't literally think that Paul was the biggest sinner out of all of them. I just think that he was coming to grips with, you start to just find so much impurities in yourself and you're like, I didn't realize I was this messed up, you know? Yeah. Like when you first become a, like when you first become a Christian and it's like, oh, I should probably stop like doing meth and banging hookers. And then you like stop that. And it's like, okay, that's a good starting point. But then after years of it, you just start to realize how ego driven, egotistical you are. And, and um, all these small, small tweaks that you just have to keep making along the way and you struggle with. And, and it's two step forward, one step back a lot of the times, you know? Yeah, dude, for real, man. And then you're, you know thinking about that, those meth and hookers. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you want to fall back to your old ways, but yeah, man, um, constant struggle, but life, I'll, life, you know, Martin Luther also said like the, uh, the life of a Christian is the life of daily repentance. You know, I, I still remember when you first started coming to our church and we hadn't quite met yet. And I still thought like, man, that guy looks like that comedian I saw once in Omaha. And I remember, um, Jeff had said, uh, does anybody know what October 31st is? And I, I was like, is he talking about like the reformation? But I didn't like raise my hand and then you raised your hand and said it. And I thought, Oh wow, that guy actually like, he knows quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy that looks like that comedian I saw in Omaha once. Knows. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, uh, I love, I love theology. I love the Bible. Yeah, October October thirty first is is a weird one, man. I think that there's so much there's room for creativity and things like that, and I think it's it's awkward as Christians and as a culture, you know, what is the thing? And I, you know, I think about this too: is the roots of something? How do you balance out even if the roots of something are bad? If the culture has changed the definition of it, and they're saying like we're celebrating it like this now, and this is what we take it to mean. Do you just take it at that? Is that good? Is that bad? I, I don't have the answer to that, but that's something I think about. Yeah, I don't know. Say that one more time. I'm going to let it. So uh, if the roots of something are bad, but culture has changed it over a period of time to maybe make it better. And I'll use Halloween as an example. Let's just, let's just take all of the, the, what Christians say of like the absolute worst of Halloween. And let's say it's all true. And let's just say, you know, it's so demonic and whatever. And now it's this, moment in history where people are like yeah but i can dress up my kid like a superhero and we go get candy and it's like okay is that bad or because the roots of it were bad is it is it now bad still do you get them does that make sense yeah yeah i mean i don't know i don't know the answers (laughs) tell me the answer you know like it just uh it's um it's hard it's hard being a a christian Period. I think like, it's, like people don't like don't listen to Joel Osteen like every day is a Friday, which is <clears throat> so stupid because you would want every day to be a Saturday. On a Friday, you still have to work. So why would you want it to be a Friday? <laughs> you <laughs> know, yeah, in your yeah. life isn't going to get better. Like by the way, like becoming a Christian isn't going to make your life like you're not going to suddenly God's going to be like He has finally surrendered to me. First of all, you don't have a choice whether you come to God or not. 
that's up to him. Yeah. And second of all, you, it's going to complicate everything in your life and make everything like wrestling with Halloween for me being a stand-up comic and then just getting off stage sometimes and just feeling super dirty because I'm like, yeah, I said so many things yeah that i should not have oh, I, thought, said, I feel dude, like that plenty of been... times doing you know doing music you know what i mean yeah. like you get off stage and sometimes you feel really I, I always try to pray before i go I'm on like stage Jim Carrey and ace ventura just like washing my body with steel wool oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh with, with the plunger in your face do many dick jokes yeah i've got so i, I tried it now what i do uh, you know and Dude, I fail, I fail at this more than I am ever successful. I'll say that up front. Before we do a podcast, before we do, before I go on stage for music, things like that, as I try to pray to God to make it edifying, to make it a good thing. And then I almost immediately fail right off the gate. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll notice, yeah, being a Christian is like you just fail all the time. And then you, then you worry, I think maybe when you're younger, you're like worried that, you know, People are going to be like, oh, he's not even a real Christian because of this, this, this. And you just got to come to terms with the fact that, um, you know, like we're all losers and failures in this in this life. And like we're always going to screw things up and we're always going to have to ask people to forgive us. We're always going to have to ask God for forgiveness. And it's a it's a daily thing. Yeah, I I'm, I'm laughing right now thinking about realistically how you're like you know lord please help me do a set that is that glorifies you and then 30 seconds later you're like what's up with old saggy balls yeah, yeah. <laughs> then i tell the story about where i poked that guy's ball sack with which a is which i think is actually a funny story and i don't feel like you oh, should yeah. feel convicted about that because you poked no, a nut sack with that, a mechanical that, pencil but yeah not that it would be more just um, no, because that it. was true. I've wanted to have the guys on from Apology at Church on sometime and just talk to them about like making art and like struggling with this because I feel like they're they're pretty solid dudes and I think it would be an interesting conversation about you know when you're you're as an artist as a creative when your flesh gets out of control because a lot of it too is I've had it where you're on stage and and you'll be like um, you know like okay I gotta get the people going like Will Ferrell on Blades of Glory yeah. where it's like it's provocative we gotta get the people going and what so does that even mean yeah your ego takes over and then you're just like what's up mother and it's like right off the but you realize you're only doing you're, you're justifying it as like oh I gotta get the crowd involved and you're like no that's your ego talking because you don't wanna f- you you know you don't wanna bomb and so you start to do things that you don't really wanna do you know <laughs> that people are gonna eat up yeah exactly everybody so, loves a good dick joke so yeah october uh 31st reflections it's a it's an interesting day we don't have the answers to it but um you know we'll continue pressing on and trying to figure it out all right tool shed art club <laughs> like and subscribe yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs>